You are listening to After the Roll, a podcast about the Nerdicopia Network D&D campaign, Not Actually Heroes. You can find more Nerdicopia Network content at nerdicopia.net and catch the live broadcast over at mixer.com slash nerdicopia underscore network. Welcome to After the Roll, uh, where um, the crew from Not Actually Heroes... Uh, this is where we talk about our last episode of our campaign, which was last Friday. And uh, the quote of the week is, uh, age doesn't dictate morality, and morality is universal. So uh, watch the episode, see if you can figure out where, where that came out and who said it. So, someone very special to us. I, I don't know uh, why that was so funny, the way you were just like, watch the episode. Watch <laughs> it. Do it just now. Watch it. Actually, watch it. the rest of this episode, yeah. then watch that episode. Unless you Actually, haven't watched the episode, then watch the episode, then Bye. watch after the roll. We won't see you for another two years. Another two years. Oh, oh somebody, somebody got it open there. Yeah. Forgot the phone isn't auto-mute. Yeah, you gotta, <laughs> so sorry. I had, the, I had that same error. So you may notice that I'm uh, in a deeper tone. Um, it's because like I'm... Work. Little congested, little under the weather. Here, so. sexy time. We're uh, we're just uh, rolling this with it. So after dark, giggity 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 goo. So uh, we'll throw it out there. Uh, does anybody have any announcements they want to throw out on the table? I'm having a baby in about twelve hours. That oh. that's happening. This is this Mom is news to me. Mazatov, hundred percent. I was asking if. I was asking if Jen could have the baby on the episode, and the ratings would probably just skyrocket. So. Dude, yeah, if true. I could have set that up, I would have. Like, we would have had the uh, what's it called? What's that? The, the woman that comes, the fatwa, right? That's a thing, fatwa. She comes to the house and does the little inflatable pool over there in the, the living room. The midwife. The midwife. The midwife. Yeah, 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 the midwife. Yeah, there you go. Have her come yeah. over. English and, name for it. Yeah. Inflatable pool English. over there with some water and uh, you, you know what I mean? We can we can yeah. have a real life home birth. Hey, so. if you want to have it on the stream, I will go there and deliver your baby live on stream. Can you be Do you have any qualifications? Hours? Maybe. His name is Clan Diesel. He doesn't need any qualifications. I mean, I mean, Diz is a doctor. I, I am a doctor. <laughs> Uh, officially from, yeah. from Xbox. He does, he does have a doctorate. In thugonomics? He does. In, uh, he does. in Destiny Crucible play. His, his minor is in thugonomics, actually. By the way, guys, this episode probably brought to you by Pure Leaf. No, not except not. it's not. <laughs> except, except it's, it's not. not. It's really not. It's really not. Um, I want to send a link for my Pinterest board for my character in this campaign because hey. I think I make pretty things. And you guys should look at the pretty things and follow the pretty things. Because that'll actually be updating, hopefully, after every uh, session. All of we like pretty things. Visuals. Yeah. I have at least 30 more pretty things to add to that. So if you think it's sparse, it's because I haven't posted everything in the right order. Guys, you, I'm you OCD. see the, the ones next to your names in chat? That's because Mixer has a new feature. It's called Channel Progression, and it's live yeah. for everybody. I've heard about that. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It Magic. tracks your level. All you have to do is hang out, chat, and you level up. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Level up with the characters, right? So mm -hmm. there you go. exactly. I, I, at the next, if I keep chatting within like a few minutes, I should be able to learn Magic Missile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
<clears throat> All right, so uh, we're going with a different layout uh, for this episode. Um, we're going to just hit the high points and then maybe have a few other D&D topics that we'll discuss. So uh, uh, just jumping right into the episode, um, right off the bat, we started off with the characters in a split party type of situation. And as a DM, uh, you always love it when the party splits. It's always fun. So uh, we basically had three groups. Yeah, well, sometimes we had the group inside the ship. We had the group on the docks playing the uh, kind of the watch guards. And then um, we had Ziri who flew off by herself. Um, so the first uh, high point that we ran into was these mysterious helpers that showed up on the docks that kind of helped uh, the two uh, guys out on the docks from being uh, arrested by the guards. And I don't think any of you guys were involved in it, but what did you uh, what did you think of these characters? Or what do you remember of them? Uh, female, covered in leathers, uh, weird, similar vibe as hell. And I also remember at the end, if I'm allowed to talk about it, DM. Sure. Shared a dream with hell, apparently. Which is interesting. So either they know the dream spell meta person inside me says, or <laughs> there's a little bit more to that than we can imagine. We will see, I guess. <laughs> yeah. You guys have any opinions? Yeah. Yeah, I was a little jealous that he got a sexy, sexy voice whispered in his ear, to be honest. <laughs> No, I think it, it, it's pretty cool. And then, like, just, like, how long were they watching us for, you know? Were they watching us since the woods? Because if you remember, uh, what was it, the second episode when we walked through the woods, it was the first, when they were talking about, you know, there's some scary stuff out there and the some second, yeah, maybe the paranormal episode. stuff, maybe not. Like, so how long have these characters been on our tails, so to speak, you know? Were, were they always watching? Did, did... Are the they connected DM to maybe, the vision? Are they connected to the vision? Did the DM maybe just meta them into there just as a as a guiding light and maybe they don't really serve a purpose at all? It was just to mm-hmm. make sure that we met met up together safely, you know? I think they're the true heroes in the campaign. When we're not actually We're not heroes. actually heroes, yeah. but they are the hero. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> else you meet are heroes. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Makes sense. We literally just hop into like their like top points, and we get to see them do all the cool stuff. Yeah. So we will see, right? Um, I like the characters themselves. Um, I, I like just how mysterious they are, and how they kind of uh, there was just a brief distraction, and then they're gone. You know, and there's just a little puddle of water on the deck. So that's a, that's a little odd. The, the water. was Tetsu there. It's good. Ninja vanish. <laughs> Me and you are way too old for everybody else in this conversation. Yeah. Throwback. No throw, way throwback it. reference there. Watch the 1990 Ninja Turtles movie and it'll all make sense. The one, the one with, wait, wait, born. The, the, the one with uh, <laughs> Kevin Nash has Shredder? No. Not that one. The one before that one. Yes. Okay. So, a uh, little known fact, that was the second movie I ever saw at the movies. So, <laughs> so it's going way I, back. I know our characters don't know the name of those 
helpful individuals. Um, can I ask if if uh, if Hell might know those individuals? Is that, is yeah, that you, something you can always ask? But the, yeah, I can't. Can't ever. <laughs> I can't get the answer. <laughs> you can ask. You can ask a lot of things. Hell, Hell's a nice guy. Hell can just ask him. Everybody if, answers Hell. We'll if, give uh, him Hell if we want. If if he knew them, he he did not show that he knew them during the is, during yeah. the game, right? So. Um, but that may be something your characters may want to ask him. But well, there's only that. one. There's only one of you guys that actually know about them, which is yep. Keltash, right? So yeah, or if Ziri had any fucks to give. Exactly. Yeah. That's true. Ziri has zero fucks. Zero. Yeah. It's like, behold her fuck fields. Actually, that's Notice a good transition. <laughs> Speaking on that, uh, segue. Uh, the next. Um, my topic. The next topic is uh, Ziri's moral dilemma that uh, I kind of drew up for her. Um, they're basically, whether she knew it or not, I had laid uh, three roads before her. And um, there was the old lady being uh, harassed by these uh, individuals that she could possibly go down and save. Or she could just fly off and just not care. Or there was also, uh, she spotted a coin purse that was kind of tucked away in an alley where she could swoop in and probably pick it up and uh, take off and nobody would know, be the wiser, you know. So, uh, so uh, as we know, if you watch the episode, and you can watch the episode, so, um, with minor technical difficulties that we had, but still, it's it's mostly all there. Yeah, it, it so wouldn't be that. not actually heroes without a little bit of technical difficulties. We're we're, we're learning always, um, but Ziri kind of went into battle. So maybe you can tell us what was going through your head. Yeah, uh, Ziri's a smart girl. Ziri's actually um more smart than she is wise now, um, and so she kind of understood like pretty much like the avenues that she could take um but she also knew from beforehand just saying like out of character in this experience that um she was warned that uh mistreatment towards women is more common here um by her professor which kind of explains a lot about how her and her professor work and how you know they understand each other um and so she knew if like she let this be just out in the open like this uh, versus like in a crowded uh street like before like the previous session um she couldn't have possibly done anything um that this would be something that she personally would not like to see happen so she wanted to do something about it and you can pretty much do whatever you want when you're a giant bird in the air and there's nothing attacking you in the air that's fair when, when she faces off a rock that's when we'll have problems <laughs> i'm waiting on the dm for that in the future <laughs> but uh yeah the first idea she had was um scare them away so that was the battle screech and if that doesn't work the fog cloud should 
disorient them and then hearing a weird scary noise and something obviously like threatening them should maybe like scare them a little bit maybe like because that's pretty much like not to sound really mm, how do i describe this not to sound like super like uh defensive but like that's how like a lot of like women are taught with uh like fighting with like um being threatened or being um like uh told like during late night hours that you need to scare them away first and most of the times most people get scared away before you even have to like physically attack them you just have to be like scarier than you look because i'm five three and ziri is actually about the same height as me so ziri doesn't look scary like on the ground like just seeing like it's a little bird like it's still like a big bird but like it's just a little bird at the same time but being a huge bird in the air and screeching at you is a whole different story and so that's kind of like how her presence was meant to be and then when that didn't work and she didn't understand the actual scenario and all its pieces because there's no way she could have figured it out uh, without closer inspection um she knew that it was best if she didn't show her identity because that could get herself and the rest of the group put in danger and uh she could potentially not have to kill any of them just threaten them enough to the point where they know if they keep putting any more effort into this fight it will be not worth it unfortunately one of the dudes decided to be a total asshole and she had to make the first kill mm-hmm. and that's when you guys got about in then the cavalry came right so that's mm-hmm. right one question though and, and you touched on this a little bit but i kind of like you to go into it a little bit more, in more detail is how you chose you know playing siri um there when we were going on the boat and you decided this is not for ziri ziri wouldn't get involved she's gonna go away mm-hmm. but in this particular instance ziri decided to interject intercede on the matter and get involved uh with this who for up above had no idea who it was it was just you know somebody's being assaulted mm-hmm. whereas she had been with these people and she's like fuck these guys i'm going on yeah <laughs> That, that's when things get, of course, tricky, as it always mm-hmm. is when it's early campaign and like sometimes more people trust each other and less people trust each other. Um, and for Ziri in particular, um, knowing how the previous session worked, which watch the previous episode if you didn't, uh, <laughs> you'll remember that they kind of were in a situation where they had multiple boats they could go into and possibly investigate, but there was only one of them that was guarded and seemed like it would be more dangerous to intervene at. Now, Ziri left before she even knew they were entering the boats, even talking about fighting. So technically, I like to think of it as Ziri thought she was just making headway and like just making her way back out because that was like, you know we're done with our job he saw his shipment his shipment went further inside the city we can do more investigation work on it later they aren't talking about anything else they aren't sure where they're going i want to head back home and get some sleep because i'm a bird 
Right. <laughs> yeah. The, the main thing I wanted to hit on, though, mm-hmm. uh, about it, and this is mainly for people who are who are very new to D&D and not yeah. played a lot, is that, you know, your gut instinct is, well, this is my party. I'm going to hang with them to the very end, you know, ride or die. Mm-hmm. Um, but I find it more interesting to play like it would be in, in real life where these are strangers. Mm-hmm. We're strangers to each other. Our characters don't know each other. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, minus size characters know each other, but that's it. That's Everybody else it. has yeah. just been thrown together in a random, you know, grouping. And that's just how it went. Yeah. We've been, we've been with each other days. Yeah. Like yeah. Three or four days. Yeah. Yeah. And, three or four days, not even a week. Yeah. So, you know, in real life, you're not going to act like, you know, <laughs> I'm yeah, gonna plead yeah, for these exactly. people. Uh, you know, so it, it's always fun for me to see how people role play that. Yeah. Whether like, they're going to go in first, you know, gung ho, like, you know, we all die together or whatever. It's going to be like, uh, I don't know you guys. Uh, bye. Screw you guys. I'm going home. Exactly. Yeah. Um, for my, what? oh, sorry. Um, well, my take on it from the outside, right? Just watching Ziri from those two episodes is she sees these group of people that she's been kind of bound to just a short period of time. And you guys are kind of causing mischief and she may not want to be part of that. You know, she didn't see that it was really dangerous. She was just more like mischief. And so she didn't want part of it, but the lady didn't call, didn't seem to cause it. At least she didn't think so. And she was being, you know, set up on by these other guys. And so she, intervened into that now if the same thing would have happened to you guys she i feel like she might have intervened as well yeah it it would have been a different scenario if you guys were um the victims in that scenario but again i didn't even know you guys were heading into battle and then seeing if she even stayed there long enough to see that you guys were the attackers that you guys were going and investigating even though you knew this was a potential dangerous scenario and there was a very high probability of you guys getting noticed at the very least in the small enclosed space. She right. wouldn't have been into that. But Ziri is a master student that has pretty much never done anything above like casting spells for pranks in her life. Mm-hmm. And the only reason she gets involved in cases where there's physical violence needed is because um like the druid in her and what she was taught in her first university learning is that nature will always have violence but you don't have to add further violence into the world and that's how she kind of like spends her lot on life she does her research and she wants to live her life peacefully but she knows that there will come a time when she needs to defend the weakers the weaker like person, the other, whatever that tends to be. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm kind of similar. I have a, a character in another campaign named Hans and he's a wizard fresh out of school and he kind of got thrust into a party, a mm-hmm. similar situation. But, you know, I'll play him like he, he has no idea what to do in an adventure. He's never been adventuring before. He's, he's mm-hmm. only always been at school. So he just knows that he needs to kill the bad thing as hard as he can. Oh yeah. And that <laughs> can know? get you in a lot of trouble. 
exactly so he you know he does like uh he cast a he he brought a skeleton back to life and had it go around and you know do some reconnaissance to make sure nobody was around and everybody was like why did why did you raise a skeleton he's like well i didn't want anybody to get hurt you know he didn't do it because it was evil he did it because because that was a zero sum total he thought it was a good idea yeah you know utilitarianism so, exactly so yeah. you know it's kind of like ziri i don't think you would have had ziri leave if we got you know assaulted by a bunch of guys out of the alleyway mm-hmm. but you know some people knew who are new to it would have been like well, she just flew off why'd they do that for her? so i kind of wanted it's to get character choice make yeah. sure to get your your background on it your take on it like well this yeah. is this is why and i appreciate that because i didn't realize like that's what you were trying to connect the dots with until you said it so thank you about that no problem a good dot connector <laughs> i just I, my favorite part as an observer in that whole thing was it was you anna getting so upset with the old lady for not leaving <laughs> until we found out it was the blind lady from earlier from from the previous episode so <laughs> it's you like 10 minutes of, it, why you won't you leave <laughs> At the later end, it was Ziri because Ziri like pretty much tempers her emotions down. But that first like I'd say fifteen minute stint was me just being like straight up like I can't not express my emotions, and I just thought, oh my gosh, it was just just the DM looking over at 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 me and just like I'm just like there's something, and then eventually one of Reveal. Yeah, it was it was funny seeing you get frustrated. It was just like, why won't she leave? Kyle. And then it was like, oh, she's blind. Oh, damn. Yeah. I, I think Kyle was the first one who actually. Yeah, uh, Kyle was the first on. one to get it. Yeah. 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 Which yeah, he was I'll a be honest. I didn't know that that, that was her until you just came out and said, oh, you realize it's the blind lady from before. And it's like, yeah. It, oh. I think I realized first that there was something very particular going on when he said do you get down closer and then i was like no i need to keep high up so they'll keep having disadvantage on me but that risks me not getting understanding of the full scenario which i first talked about at the start of this topic so yeah all connecting it back up (laughs) so yeah i like i like uh encounters like that where um you're just not completely sure of all the elements of it um Mm -hmm. Especially if you're using a mechanic that gives you kind of an advantage, uh, I like to balance it a little bit with some disadvantage in there. So just to see yeah. how you'll react to them. Um, all right. So uh, oh, I want to talk Sorry. about that battle uh, scenario. That was one of the things you said we could add. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wanted to talk to you guys um, and of course the DM about how you guys felt about the actual like battle mechanics for that battle because Ziri affected the landscape largely before you guys went in. I feel like that'll be like important for like maybe later on when we get into like scenarios where like we aren't fully prepared and there's already something going on that we aren't, we we weren't told about like foreshadowed like earlier on in like an event. Like how do we prepare for that sort of thing? Right, and and 100% that, I mean, now that we know, oh, Ziri can drop a fog cloud then we know if in a pinch there's a good chance that you could we could have you drop the fog cloud and that would give us time to plan 
mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. then you know they can't see where we are or run away you or run away <laughs> if we want to avoid combat we're not Drop going to avoid combat. never avoid combat Ziri will do fog. Ziri will do fog cloud exclusively to fly away, and then she'll just wait for everybody else to start fighting. Because <laughs> that way, you guys still have your fun, and then Ziri gets to be far away from the action. <laughs> Brave Ziri, <laughs> master's thesis student. There you go. Ziri the courageous. Will Should not be, be throwing books at him. <laughs> No, Ziri, oh. Ziri values the 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 books way too much to ever think about throwing them that's at somebody. That's true. Yeah, she would never throw. Okay, them. I have a friend who's a librarian, and he agrees with me on this. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about the the battle scenario, like Rickon? I liked it. Um, it was it was definitely something different, especially for me, where I kind of like to run up on people. My character is is very mm-hmm. much a hand to hand. Let mm-hmm. me grab you and yeah, let me punch really you in the face well. type deal. Um, I got lucky that I didn't have to run through the fog, but it can definitely help us, especially with like Sly having very high, um, <clears throat> very high, um, like evasion, not evasion, sneak that he can roll. Yeah. Um, what what is the word I'm looking for for sneak? Stealth. It's stealth. stealth. Thank yeah. you, stealth. Where 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 Sly can roll a high stealth, I can I can roll. Uh, a moderate to high stealth, but we can definitely use that. Um, you know, like like Diz said, if we want to run away, or more than likely, because I'm with Landis and never back down from a fight, more than likely, you know, sneak up on some baddies and kick some ass and take some names. Mm-hmm. Take some names. So I'm really excited to see how that works in conjunction with all of us when we plan together. Now I will so, go ahead and tell you, there will come a fight where we have to run. We will have to run. Diz, we'll Diz have will to 100% run. Almost every throw. DM has a scenario Here. run situation. I will Here. tell you this. If we come across a pack of undead zombie beholders, run. We can't just punch them in the face? No, because they'll be wearing plate armor. Okay. And tribe. So I've uh, had that happen. Regan. Um, in this instance, what was in the middle of the battlefield was a fog cloud, right? Mm-hmm. And you got to experience that it was a mild inconvenience, right? Because you could have ran through it, right? Mm-hmm. Something bad may happen. You may have tripped or something or whatever. But what if it's a wall of fire all of a sudden? Well, I'm not running uh, through a wall of fire. So. <laughs> no, but it, you, it, it... It adds an extra dynamic to the to the to the fight, right? Like it's an extra thing to kind of look out for, um, especially if let's say Ziri's kind of feeling a little, little some type of way. Maybe maybe somebody insulted a book or something, and she puts the wall mm-hmm. exactly just just right there where you can feel a little heat coming off of you or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, no, nah, it's it's awesome. I like it. I'm I'm looking forward to see what other spells she may have up her sleeve because I, you know, the same way I I I, I brought out the. Um, the 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 what is it the step of the wind and yeah kind of step of the wind the, is so good the, the fog you know definitely obviously we weren't there when she dropped it but as an observer to see it drop and i didn't know that was something that's possible is pretty dope yeah and it's cool like if if you really want to get into the role playing a lot of your characters may be somewhat decent at the skills they have but like they're, they're not going to know the skills a monk would have, you know, because they haven't seen that many monks. And if they have, they haven't seen them in combat. So, yeah, uh, yeah. like you guys probably haven't seen too many druids of like Zeri's types. That's why I keep picking like 
like Diz said, um, I, I pick pretty unique spells um, for my characters, mostly because it adds like a lot of depth of flavor for my character. So it gives me more chances to like have intricate role plays that kind of fit in with like, why did she choose this spell for this day, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But um, it also like tends to surprise people that I picked out these spells for these reasons. So it, it, it's a lot of fun to mess around with that and druids switch around spells Rickon. some some casters don't get to do that so that's something new like you get to learn Rickon from game of thrones <laughs> i'm not sure how i feel about that <laughs> she wants to shoot you in the back with the arrows or mispronouncing the mario between... so no you i mean it's, 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 it's fine. <laughs> the difference between Rickon and Rickon is that i would at least serpentine my way to john snow i'm just saying <laughs> Spoilers, guys, from last, what was it, two seasons ago? Yeah. All right, so after the battle, you guys um, help the lady back to her uh, place of business. And there's one other thing I, I want to touch on in this scene uh, before we jump on is um, uh, Ziri kind of lags behind and gets the opportunity to name the group. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Ziri. She does. So it's the first name that the group is is known by, and then uh, I'll let you guys uh, say it. Uh, what was it again? The Village Idiots. I don't. I, I disagree with the name. Disagree We're just a bunch of village idiots. That, that was her exact word. I, I resemble that remark, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> See what what's funny is for at least Ziri's opinion of herself, she isn't like that, but she thinks of the group as a whole, and that was the first thing that came to mind. Yep. Yep. Oh. Anyway, we we won't touch on that too long. Um, you know, names come and go, so I'm sure it won't uh, affect you guys later or anything. Um, <laughs> it will. So, <laughs> thirteen uh, episodes from now is going to be very important. The um. The party makes it back to the yurt, and we... Uh, Some shirt goes down at the yurt. But yeah, I was going to say, by the way, on the podcast feed, this episode of Not Actually Heroes will be titled Shirt in the Yurt. Shirt in the Yurt. <laughs> so, um, Kyle's character, um, Yentl, we'll say, um, That's right, Yentl. had issue with uh, a couple different people and um you know uh, Do they happen to be here this episode the, the uh, two people he had an issue with maybe <laughs> maybe not me um, uh he definitely he definitely raised his voice at you there was that quote at the top there, of the show that was directed at you but that's what Yentl does <laughs> he wears his heart on his sleeve the professor's used to it <laughs> So, He's also used uh, yeah. to like tumbling the heart into people's faces and saying, "Look at what you did." Exactly. He's the moral compass of the group, right? I'm sorry. What did you call it? <laughs> <laughs> it's 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 the compass. Not comp. What? How do you say it? <laughs> moral compass. Uh, comp compass. <laughs> okay. It's, it's it's like it's like Matthew Mercer's mispronunciation of the S word. We we get past <laughs> it. It's okay. never going to be mentioned again. It happened Fine. once and we move on. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, what did you guys think uh, when he just kind of started yelling at you? I felt personally attacked 
I was very <laughs> upset, and I don't know. So one of the big things that we that we that we all talked about, kind of behind the scenes, heading into it's this. Very episode, triggered. <laughs> I was super triggered. Uh, <laughs> no, but we talked about this uh, behind the scenes of it, space in the going yurt. into the episode and making sure that everybody understood that um, any yelling or anything was not to be taken literally. It was all within character. So that was pretty cool. Um, you know, Sly did kind of, knowing that this is my first campaign and I'm not too comfortable yet in the whole role-playing aspect, Sly did take some time to, to reach out to me and just say, hey, listen, I'm going to get at you. Just plan whatever you want to say. Um, but but I will be upset with you because in my character's viewpoint, murder is bad. You done fucked up. Mm-hmm. I done I yeah. done I done fucked up. So, um, but I I think I think uh, I think the interaction went really well. Um, I kind of uh, the shirt in the yurt was dope. It was a lot of fun to kind of uh, try and build like we talked like 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 Clandis, you said we're just strangers thrown together three or four days mm-hmm. right. So obviously not everything's gonna be all kumbaya, my lord, singing around the campfire, roasting marshmallows, right? There's gonna be those those issues that pop up. Um, so it was cool to kind of allow the characters to grow in that sense and, and actually build some natural kind of animosity, you know? Because yeah. if we if we didn't if we didn't talk about it heading into this episode, um, that hey, there's gonna be some back and forth, there's gonna be some issues that are gonna be addressed or whatever the case may be. Um, we could have just kept on going and everybody's like, Oh no, we're good. We're, you know, we're, we're all, and, and there's no, there's no fun in that. So that, that slice of anger from Yentl, pretty dope. Um, which kind of, which I now touch about, I'll touch it a little bit later before we wrap, but it kind of puts what he does at the end of the episode with the professor in kind of a new light for me in terms of how badass he came across with, with a certain reveal. Um, but yeah, I, I, I enjoyed the, the tension and then kind of also playing off when, he got mad at Ziri for dipping because I was mad at Ziri for dipping. So that kind of transitioned to like, I try to be a united front with him. And then he <laughs> got back at me. And then Diesel jumped in. And I was like, well, listen to your elder. And then that's when he dropped that that line. So Yeah, Clandis, uh, what do you want to say for the, the, the two elven bros? <laughs> <laughs> well, what I, I decided, I figured that at that point, the professor would jump in being the eldest of the group. And try to try to put things in perspective. You know, this isn't his first rodeo with a group of adventurers, so he kind of knows how things go. Also, I think the professor got some scored some bonus points with Ziri by jumping into the argument and making actual sense. Because <laughs> uh, the thing about the two Elven Bros, as they're called, um, you know, the professor is, you know not a really young guy but in elf standards you know he's a young adult whereas uh kyle's character is extremely young in in half elf oh years. like is is he like teenage elf he's like yeah i mean in, in elven terms he would be mm-hmm. still a young child and that's kind of how my character sees him he's a young child Behind he, the doesn't, scenes. he doesn't know so he wears, and you know, kudos to Kyle for playing him this way. He wears his heart on his sleeve. He's very emotional. He's very outbursty. If he doesn't like things happening, he throws a tantrum. So you know, sometimes that makes my character have to step in and calm him down, and pull him back. Um, yeah. So, but no, I thought the uh, 
the little uh, spat. Uh, I think everybody done really well role playing that. Um, you know, like I had, I kind of got up in everybody's face and was like, you know, this is not how this is supposed to work. We've got to work together if we're going to do this, and then we can go our separate ways. We don't know anything about each other, so let's all just calm down. Professor um, Squad with the uh, words of wisdom there. <laughs> and then Ziri shrieked to high hell and gave her opinion. Exactly. Exactly. But that was probably um, one of the most fun role plays that I've got to do so far is mm-hmm. during the argument. What I liked is, I, I think I told you guys afterward, was uh, it made me feel uncomfortable. And anytime I feel uncomfortable in a situation, like especially in this role playing, I enjoy that. And then because my quote comes in. It feels real. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say it makes it feel real. Because mm-hmm. yeah. if you walk in on somebody having an argument, you're like, oh, damn. <laughs> Mommy, daddy fighting again. <laughs> exactly. If you're not uncomfortable arouse, are you really doing it right? <laughs> and that's our goal. We want what, to either make that, you uncomfortable or aroused. Or, or both. Both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Exactly. Zero will do it, and she'll be asexual, so she won't even care. Hold on, I'm finding the cold guys. <laughs> there's, right. there's gonna be furries that will join just because of Ziri. That's not where is it? Awesome. All right, so uh, we had the uh, little infighting there, and then um, you guys got some rest and stuff, and then the next day is the big Rothop Cruels, the big thing that you guys are there for the selecting of the new high chief and when you guys show up um they go through you know some q a stuff really um basic stuff where people get to stand up and give their opinions or ask questions of the chieftains it's kind of boring uh then they go into a situation where they have they have to fight uh uh, a really big creature to show their battle prowess and uh, in that there was some Things in there that uh, I hoped it would make uh, some of the players feel uncomfortable about, and the characters especially would feel uncomfortable about it. So, uh, yeah, you can check all that out in the episode, uh, what actually they fought and how it was uh, different than uh, a normal fight would have been against the same creature. I still want to hear more from that Green Party candidate, personally. Oh, the great, yeah, the great, the agriculture. Really with the uh, agricultural dude. And yeah. The Ralph Nader of the, yeah. of the Orc tribe. Yeah. The, the third candidate got creamed, literally. Mm. <laughs> creamed corn. I'm a big fan Another of him thing because. That comes uh, from our beautiful crops. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a big fan of him because I play a lot of Minecraft and I just do, do a lot of farming in that. So enjoy mm. that. <laughs> You go into uh, Minecraft rhetoric in game, fully canon. Yep. <laughs> um. Anyway, after the 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 showing, um, uh, there, uh, they they move on to the last part where they all give speeches, and me being a detail oriented detail oriented DM, I, I really wanted to go through and just do all the speeches, but it would have taken way too long, and the agriculture one I felt would have only entertained. Uh, Rican. Um, so. I I wanted to hear it just for role playing. Um, so we to hear the voices yeah. you had designed for him. That was my curiosity. 
Four score and seven years ago. We start a Patreon and it's just Diz like speaking out all the characters. Like the first thing we do is just like all of the things we didn't get to hear, all the speeches. I, I, I was I was expecting something along the lines of like a Ross Perot orc accent. That that was my expectation. One had to be W. <laughs> you had gonna, you had to you had to drop the line. Orcification. <laughs> Oh, we need to get back to our orcification. <laughs> <laughs> so we just kind of jumped to the main stage there, and as the last, uh, the youngest chieftain uh, uh, gets up and starts delivering his speech, it's very obvious that uh, you know he has a lot of resentment for the other chieftains and. Um, he, he mocks them openly, and as this is occurring, you guys see the orcs start to just get irritated, and then uh, after a while, you see them start to get you know agitated as they they stand up, and then finally, um, he speaks. He starts speaking of the gods, and you know uh, how he plans to lead the orcs back to the glory before the gods. And at that, the orcs just go into like almost a blood frenzy and start just ravaging everything, uh, tearing the place apart. Uh, I did so, like Hell's like little quote in between there that was just like, that's not how the gods work. <laughs> so this is kind of your first big bad in that's being introduced. Uh, so what did you guys think about uh, Garmore's? The orc chieftain. Man, he was he was a charismatic dude. He was yeah. definitely. I mean, that may or may not have used magic. That may or may not exactly. What's he got that made it to where all these orcs just went into a blood rage just by him talking? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. We'll find yeah. out. Yeah. But uh, I I, th- I thought it was really cool, kind of hearing how the orcs kind of progress through their mental state until they reach that savage state where you kind of kind of heard the growls and the, uh, the the growls and the roars and the crowd kind of get more visceral and and, and yeah in, in, the, in the few minutes we were there it was like you could you could actually watch the orcs yeah. devolve yeah there was definitely a point where like if this was the chart there was definitely a certain point where they just kind of fell off the cliff right yeah, I mean, it was that point. It was like we we need to leave. We got to bounce. <laughs> but it was it was it was dope. I I th- it's you know again, I'm very curious as to see because he was very articulate, right? Which kind of goes against everything that we kind of were told heading into into the city. Like you know, they're very they're not like savages, but they're very like primal and kind of how you know how they treat women and kind of how they talk. It's you know. Me going to hit your face now. Backwards a little bit, right? <laughs> like uh, that's how everybody thinks of the orcs, right? Yeah, and then here, here's this super like charismatic, articulate orc. It's like oh, silver tongue devil. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what we got to do. I'm interested in Keltash's friend, who was also one of the um, possible. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, we ran into them again. Yeah. Because he was also like, we didn't get to hear his full speech, but he was also one of the more articulate ones, one of the ones that was most interested in like similar interests that we as characters might have been a little bit more inclined to listen to not being from this orcish country and hearing somebody who might be more 
understanding of our ways. Um, or at least more, more understanding to ways outside of the Orcish tribe. He was more tribes. open to the other races than, yeah. the, uh, than the other orcs. And, and, and now had... we don't know what's going to happen to him because he had his friend help us out and we don't know if he survives or not. Yeah, and that, that's that's uh, something Kilpash really needs to keep in mind as well. That'll be good role-playing for him. All, all those chieftains were right down there in the thick of it. So um, who knows what any of them, um, you know, or if any of them did, prepared, did or yeah, because apparently uh, one of them prepared at least for their friend to get out. Maybe yeah. four of them prepared for themselves. Obviously, uh, Voltash, which is the one you're speaking of, Keltash's friend, he um, he knew something was up. So uh, hopefully, he had something planned. We can only hope. Yeah, yeah. but I think that'll be an interesting thing to think about later. Yeah, I, I think one of the big overarching things, though, is two things uh, for me that came out of it. One is he kept referencing the gods, which if you had been here for before the role, you would know that in this campaign, the gods are gone, supposedly. Uh, so he kept referencing that, bringing that up, bringing that up, bringing that up. Uh, and then number two is now we have this, this race, or at least this major city of of a race that had, you know, used to be warlike and raided and everything. And now they've made peace with everybody and, you know, the trade was happening and everything was going good. Now they're back to being warlike. How is that going to affect the world? Yeah. Yeah. Basically you've got a, a country on this side um, that has a very uh, certain set of values. And then a country on the other side of these islands that has more of an open view of the world, um, uh, completely different than you know the other ones. And then you've got all these people that live in the middle and the orcs as well. So now the orcs are gonna. There's all already a kind of a destabilization there, and mm -hmm. you know there just needs some like some little element to be put in there to kind of tip the pot, right? So. And this, yeah, this and could be it. I mean, this could be the yeah. you know, the the match that's thrown into the barrel of gasoline. And that's why, um, Clandis, uh, referring to your point backwards, that's why Ziri wanted to head out as quickly as she did because being like what she was told, like you know, for her professor, like she was basically ascribed like this position as a replacement for him because he was old and because she was the best scribe that she knew that he knew of. Mm -hmm. So. Having pretty much this exact written account of the events that went down will be very vital, like in terms of like bureaucratic bureaucracy and the yeah. actual bureaucratic way of like verifying what occurred. And so we can make forward change and hopefully prepare against this, uh, even though the leader of the city we were just at is kind of gone, the city state, right? Yeah. Is yeah. So we can kind of like have some sort of like professional like standard, like some sort of example um, and just not, you know, just come in like all out of nowhere and just be like, believe us. So she was kind of thinking ahead with uh, how things progress so quickly and how she feels that that's an important thing to take care of. 
Yeah. It's also so, what she feels comfortable doing <laughs> versus what <clears throat> the two boys did when they noticed a certain uh, <clears throat> guy so, of theirs. Yeah, but I mean, that was the same guy that you had saw last time, and we just felt like he needed to to get taught a lesson, especially in the state that he was in. But having <clears throat> Kyle's character and, 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 and Diesel's character uh, rip their rags off, especially because that, I mean, that's what, well, that's what they were at that point, right? They were just rags and kind of seeing them all armored up and ready for battle. My, you know, in my mind, in my character's mind, I'm kind of like, okay, this dude just jumped down my throat for being this immoral individual. Mind you, this, this son of a bitch here, he's hiding, he's hiding this like shit. crazy shit, right? Like hiding some shit. And so, so, you know, you are helping yourself. There won't, there won't be any, there won't be any like confrontation, but there's definitely going to be a question about, you know, yeah. maybe, maybe, maybe the monk and the druid are, are looking at each other again. <laughs> yeah. Now that we're kind of like... sailing away and there's fire and smoke and everything and the city's up in flames and, you know, we're going to have some time on this boat. Um, you know, I'm definitely going to, to try and see if I can't get a little more of the, some factual backstory here. Um, cause that was, that was, I mean, it was a dope ass reveal. It was pretty cool. And it was, it was, it was awesome kind of to go into that battle where we were like playing off of each other with uh catch, trying to catch the, the arrow and slamming it into his eyes. stuff like that. That was super fun. <laughs> um, but it's definitely something where I'm like, bro, what, what secrets are you hiding? If you're getting on my ass, what secrets are you hiding? Let's, 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 let's yeah, dig this and, a little deeper. And that's what I was wondering. I was like, okay, now that we've done this and the, the jig is up sort of, will it, how far are you going to go? Will anybody go, Hey, what the fuck happened? Yeah, I mean, oh, I mean, oh, there's a reason I picked Keen Mind for my feet. I don't know if I'm allowed to say this. But there's a reason I picked <laughs> I Keen Mind. I still don't my know feet. what to do for mine. Like, I don't know if I want. To, I'm, I'm, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I'm terrible. This was like, oh, you might be able to remember more than just a month. That I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> but um, no, and, and so especially because like you know, um. The professor and my character have already had one interaction where I'm trying to peek behind the veil and he did that shade step hunter style thing and I'm like, okay, that's interesting. And then we have this big reveal with them armored up and everything and, and okay, that's another hmm, you know what I mean? Like so yeah. We'll we'll, we'll have a conversation and, and maybe maybe I can finally beat him at a roll. Maybe. Uh but yeah, but with my character, it was like, okay. So here we are, we're surrounded by you know, 10,000 orcs. They've already had suspicions. I, I'm going to have to be myself in order to get out of this alive. So it was like, well, the jig's up. So that's when I, and, it, and I, I was like, this is a perfect opportunity. So, you know, there we are getting ready to battle. I'm like, fuck it. And just rip the robes off. <laughs> there I am in my leathers and my daggers. I'm like, here we go. <laughs> Which then, of course, so, Sly's like, oh, you did that? Awesome. We can get rid of these rags now. That's okay for me to do. <laughs> so then, so so now question, are we, uh, we, we talked about it kind of in the intermission a little bit, but uh, the accents, are they also getting dropped now too with these rags? <laughs> yeah, because my, uh, I don't know about Sly's character. Uh, my character's actual voice is different mm. than mm. the way he's been talking. So, but, but okay. 
Yeah, yeah um, I had gone through like four or five different different <laughs> accents just throwing. And I've been on purposely yeah, changing the way that the professor talks every now and then. And Your I've intonations also been, were changing a little bit. Yeah, and I wanted to do that on purpose, especially like like when during the argument. Mm-hmm. When you when you when you told them to cut cut the shit. Right when I got I, when I got emotional. Yeah, I kind of let more of the of Verdan out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm interested to see professor. more of that come out. Yeah, um, just because my character didn't like because I didn't pick up on it, so my character didn't pick up on it while we were. <laughs> well, just to give you a little sneak peek, uh, when Verdan talks, it's mostly like this because you know he is a he is a very well learned mm-hmm. elf. And when the professor speaks, it's more like what? Oh, Professor Falcon. Oh, he's he's yeah. much more he's much more mm, high class. Uh, yeah. There's Team Timber. Yes. Yeah. I, I wanted Verdan to be more roguish. <laughs> yeah, so it, it's I'm I'm very, very curious to see what, you know, kind of where we go from there, especially because now the campaign has officially started. Is that right, Diz? As I told everybody that uh <laughs> This is basically, if you play the video game, this is the opening credits mm-hmm. uh, as they're uh, ending this episode. The camera pans up from the city. It's in ruins. There's smoke and fire. There's everywhere. fire, and then out of the fire comes. Not actually heroes. So, 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 if you haven't seen the first four or five episodes, five episodes, right? Yeah. Go watch. Well, we, it. Lost, only, we, we lost. We lost got four. We lost oh, the first two. Oh. Um, so that was episode yeah. six last week. But hopefully, in a, no, it's episode four. <clears throat> but hopefully, sometime in the future, we can, uh, you know, do a Kickstarter and make an animated version of episodes one and two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, at the, at the very minimum, we'll go in and do. Uh, or at the very know, least, somebody could just commission me. Like we could do a Patreon, like and just build up to get enough of a commission, yeah, so that I can like animated. do like little frames. Yeah, frames that will just do a read over. Yeah. You can do puppets. I am not doing the accents. <laughs> accents are rewrite, guys. Accent are rewrite. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, okay, Clan. I love that, like, one, like, little hiccup of a laugh when I did the one, like, little coup in the middle. <laughs> I cannot stop, like, the head. I, re- I still remember, like, you just bending your head down for that. That's, yep. like, one of my, my top tier moments. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes they get to me. <laughs> yeah, the timing on them is just perfect. Yep. Yeah, I think that's everybody's favorite part. Yeah, any Ziri reaction is definitely Ziri has great timing. So um, I guess we'll end it there. Uh, everybody, show up for the next episode of yeah. Not Actually Heroes. Um, we'll advertise when that's going to be. We do one a month, so we try to accommodate for everybody's schedule. Uh, where can they, where can they find us, Glendus? Where can't they find us? They can find <laughs> oh, they can find us on Facebook at facebook.com/slash Nerdicopia underscore Network. They can find us on Twitter at Nerdicopia Net. They can find us on our website at nerdicopia.net. And they can find us on Instagram, 
they can find us. Well, they can't find us, but they can they can find uh, Miracle Snow over here, Anna on Pinterest. We also have a YouTube. We do have a YouTube where you can find the episodes. Um, yes. So I think that's just uh, Nerdicopia underscore network as well. Or is it Nerdicopia? Net? I'm not sure on the on the YouTube. I didn't build that one, so I don't know. Well, follow us on one <laughs> of the social media, and then we'll put it out there on that. But we'll so post it everywhere. Us. Also, also uh, before we go, podcasts. We have podcast feeds now, people. Yeah. You can go and find us on yeah. Stitcher, yeah. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Anchor FM, every Spotify, everywhere podcasts are sold. Be sure to subscribe to not actually heroes so you can get the actual episodes of the pod of the campaign in podcast form and also to this show after the roll where we get a deep dive into each episode and find out exactly why the fuck did ziri ku write that <laughs> you can also find our wonderful dm dr diz at youtube.com forward slash diz asmr <laughs> It's one of our Patreon goals. When we start our Patreon for ten dollars a month, you can get personalized ASMR messages from Doctor Diz. We need to start an actual Patreon though. The first message will be the the agricultural speech. That's going to be the first message you get. For twenty dollars a month, you get the unabridged speeches of each orc chieftain. I love it. All right, so we'll call it at that. Uh, come check us out on social media and find out when the next episode is and come hang out with us. And um, after the next session, the following Wednesday, we'll have another After the Roll. And definitely show up for that. Uh, we, we like to get uh, uh, questions in the chat, so show up for the, this, and you can actually talk to us, uh, which is a little different than the episodes of the campaign where we don't actually you know, uh, interact with chat as much. So. Yeah. All right, so see you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.